All right, this is attempt four of just doing this one piece on aging. So I'm gonna try and not be irritated or sound irritated while I do this, because I think it's a very important one. I didn't realize I would get old. And I know that can sound very strange to people who don't have mental illness. But I guess it's just now really dawning on me in my mid-40s that I am going to get old. And I remember my dad saying to me when I turned 25 that he couldn't believe I made it to 25 uh, because my teenage years and my early 20s were really a mess a couple of times. And... Um, so we both kind of celebrated 25. That was a huge, huge milestone. And then once you make it to 25, then there's 30. And then there's 40. And I am very happy I have made it this far, but I really couldn't imagine being 46. Um, I've also been very blessed that in the past 20 years I've been fairly stable stable enough to have kids and do a pretty decent job as a parent with them it's been interesting to read and learn about new concepts for doctors um, in asking families to help predict what their outcome is going to be for the children you know, was there drugs in the house? Was there alcohol in the house? Did a parent have mental illness? So I will be interested to see what comes out of the next decade or so of study on how being a parent with mental illness affects your children. But I feel like, you know, for the most part, I didn't fuck up too bad will tell right <laughs> um, but I just I mean there was a time when I thought about growing old and my husband and I got you know life insurance so that the surviving parent and children would be fine we uh, bought a house put a lot of money in retirement we were very blessed to be able to do that and unfortunately my husband at the time had a lot of difficulty staying employed as he does now so we ended up using all of that retirement over the past 10 years well 18 years I guess because we've been divorced for eight but um it all got used to get us through we were blessed to have it and then we got divorced and there really wasn't anything left in retirement I think the last time my husband had been unemployed was like eight months so we we had drained off damn near everything but so I 
get divorced and um, you know now I don't have a game plan I don't have a I don't have a plan and that kind of sucks um, it's a cause of a lot of stress in my head uh, on a regular basis I don't mean to you know get stuck on it but I do and it's always very scary for me to think about you know who's going to take care of me am I going to take care of myself um, I don't want to be a burden to my kids after trying so very hard to not be a burden while they were being children growing up um, so I don't like to think about growing old even though it is a big trigger for me <laughs> but I don't like to think about it another reason I don't like to think about it is I don't know what that looks like I don't have any uh, friends or family who are elderly and have mental illness uh, at least none that speak of it um, and really I thought for the longest time that I was like one of a small group of people in the entire world that was bipolar so uh, you know my my goal in going to this group that I go to is to see other people and to see what it looks like bipolar or depression in somebody else's life and one of the gentlemen who comes to our friends and family which I, I highly recommend if you have one in your town um, I go there to support um, a loved one that I help take care of who has depression and I also get to overhear or hear these caregivers talk about what is required of them to handle their friends and family who have bipolar or other mental illness and how they have to remember to set aside time for themselves so they don't get burned out because this is kind of like a full-time gig depending on the level of need of your loved one there's a lot I've learned from going to this group that I never would have had access to uh, had I gone to I guess there's a Tuesday morning women's group uh, but I have to work so I can't make that one but by going to this one um, I have had the opportunity to meet a gentleman retired gentleman whose wife has bipolar and I guess that's why this is really sticking in my head right now is because like I said I didn't think this would ever be a situation in my life this whole growing old so listening to him talk about her um, she has um, cognitive issues right now and um, she's overweight she's got bad knee and she is kind of shutting down and not wanting to go to her physical therapist um, she's got several doctors she goes to see and he talks about how he goes in for either like you know 10 minutes in the beginning or 10 minutes at the end to kind of give the doctor she's seeing a different view on um, than well a different view than what she's telling them so very important because we all know that it's very hard to sit in front of another human being and say hey yeah I really I don't feel good you know I'm pretty screwed up right now you don't want to say that um, 
So, you know, we walk in and we say, oh yeah, no, everything's okay. But to have this caregiver come in after you and say, yeah, that's, that's not really accurate. You know, here's the reality um, of what's going on as I see it. So he talks a lot about her anger and irritability. And I apologize for my sniffles, but I'm out of allergy medicine. That's on the list to do today. Um, but he talks about it, and I would not have thought of myself as a quick to anger type of person, but it is something that I'm hearing not only from him, but also from several other caregivers of people with bipolar. So I'm kind of having to sit with that in my own life and come to, you know, well, I don't know if it's come to terms or just kind of acknowledge that this seems to be a something that's very common with people who have uh, bipolar who are either depressed or manic. Um, and that, that really sucks. You don't want to be mean and angry to the people you love and the people who are trying to take care of you, but it appears that's a pretty big uh, issue. And then he talks a lot about triggers and figuring out what your triggers are for your uh, loved one. And his he jokes at most meetings that it's um, the full moon, big trigger. He's like, just, you know, don't, don't engage. Uh, he talks about politics being a big trigger. Money is a big trigger and family in in his household so I'm trying to figure out what my triggers may be and he said it's just important because you don't want to step into these things when uh, they're having manic issues and just exacerbate it and the other thing he talks a lot about is disengaging and finding a way to end the conversation and leave carefully so that you're not freaking that person out you know that they know you're coming back. It's not a, you're walking out forever. Just, you know, you've got to go to the store or got to go return a library book. Whatever it is you've got to do to disengage and get away from that person to not escalate uh, the anger, the fight, whatever's going on. Uh, and this one's particularly hard for me to hear because basically what they say is if you can leave, by the time you get back, the person with bipolar probably is not going to even remember that you were having the fight. And that just pisses me off as a human uh, because I don't like to think of that as applying to my life. I don't like to think that when I'm in having a, a manic episode or when I'm suffering with depression that I can be so easily manipulated um, and that my own body is fucking with me so that I can't recall a conversation. So, this is hard. However, it is something that I have heard from my ex-husband uh, far more often than I would like to admit. A lot of, we had this conversation and me looking at him like I I have no recollection of this whatsoever. You were lying to me. Um, this was really hard 
around the time of our divorce because it's something I heard often and there was always a lot of anger uh, with it. I didn't know that was a, a sign that I might be having uh, having an issue. Uh, I didn't know it was something I needed to look for. I didn't I didn't I didn't know any of that at the time. Um, but I do now. And so it's really hard to hear because it makes me feel stupid and I'm definitely not stupid. Um, so I hear that a lot in listening to other people talk in the group. I mean, actually, like, literally hear that exact same thing. Like, you know, we've talked about this. I think we've come to a conclusion. And then, you know, my bipolar spouse comes to me the next day and is telling me the same information they told me the day before that I thought we'd agreed upon um, recently the example was a vacation where they were going to stay and he goes you know I thought we had figured this all out and then here she comes um, telling me the same thing and I'm looking at her like we just freaking agreed upon this and you know in her face in her eyes you can see there's this whole okay we did not um, you're obviously confused and so if you have a chance to go to one of these friends and family groups, I guess call and make sure they'll, they're comfortable with that. My one here in Colorado Springs is, and it's been eye-opening for me because it's been a, a peek into something I wouldn't get to see in the women's group. Just a different perspective, and it is very humbling to sit there and hear uh, the bullshit <laughs> that our loved ones have to go through. Um, so my next little segue is on um, old folks' homes. Are there old old age homes for people with mental illness? I don't I don't know the answer to this. But it's something that's been on my, my brain. Uh, are we just kind of lumped into a locked unit with Alzheimer's patients? Um, what if, I know not everybody takes meds. Some people like to just kind of ride it out. Uh, is that a requirement to be in one of these facilities? If we don't take our meds, if in manic sessions we don't want to take them do we get kicked out and if so where do we go um, what about spending do we do we have to surrender our um, banking so that we don't overspend like you know I don't want to overspend these places are expensive um, you know several thousand dollars a month for you to live in a assisted living or managed care situation and let's say in a manic episode I blow my entire five grand what happens then like what what is the plan we we've got a ton of information a ton of research done why am I not hearing about people planning on the aging population that has mental illness 
uh, schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, anxiety, PTSD. Where is this information? Am I just missing it? Because um, I drive around town and I see places for Alzheimer's, dementia patients. I see places for people who uh, just need physical help. Um, how does this work? Is there just like a old people psychiatric unit? We're just all going to kind of rot in these little twin beds with, I don't know, nurses bringing us our pills every couple of hours. I don't, I need to do some research on that because it's really, I can't believe, you know, when I read the statistics on how many people have some form of mental illness, why isn't this more mainstream what the hell the plan is for the rest of us as we grow old? Uh, I want to mention I have a Facebook page, uh, Mental Melissa, and on it I am currently gathering information as I find it uh, and putting the links there. That's the easiest place for me to do that. Uh, in Instagram, not so easy, <laughs> um, although I, I do have one. But Facebook, I've been able to put links to articles that I'm reading. One of those, let's see here, is from the International Bipolar Foundation. And the Journal of Affective Disorders writes that bipolar often involves disabling and enduring cognitive impairment in older patients. And then it talks about how the cognitive impairment can range from mild to severe. And the, the actual article started, the gentleman who was writing it was saying that he, in his uh, mid-60s, had to retire because he could no longer uh, concentrate and do the work he was doing. Which, again, is why I'm wondering, what the hell are they going to do with all of us? Um, we can't all be homeless. I hope we won't all be homeless. Um, cognitive impairment ranges from mild to severe. So that could be having trouble remembering, having trouble learning new skills, concentration, and making decisions. And then it goes on to say that older adults are more likely to become rapid cyclers. And I'm like, holy shit, that, that sucks. You know, that's a time in your life when you want stuff getting settled down, not ramping the fuck up. Um, according to, in this same article, according to Danish researchers, bipolar patients have a life expectancy that is reduced by 10 years. So I wonder, is that what the plan is? That they just don't think any of us are going to make it to old age? Um, so they're, they're not planning? Because we are. We are going to make it. I'm sorry, I'm flipping my paper over. Um, another link that I posted was from the medical news today. Uh, bipolar disorder speeds up your biological aging. So it goes on to say that two people of the same chronological age might be at different ages biologically. And that people with schizophrenia, depression, bipolar, tend to have um, age-related they, they age faster, <laughs> um, but age-related uh, 
and they were basing this on telomeres and you can read the whole thing and I guess they have a, a control group of people who are just older with no mental illness and as you age your telomeres get shorter and they've studied this and then they have people who uh, have mental illness who are not the same chronological age and they're studying that as well that they have shorter telomeres which is indicative of old older age um, which is not what we want um, I, I hope now that they're studying that and they're able to track that there is a related faster aging process going on biologically that they'll figure out how to stop that um, in this article and one of the reasons why it caught my eye was it talked about lithium which is something I am on uh, reducing bipolar related aging um, and they said it uh, the research suggests that lithium prevents or minimizes the premature aging associated with, with bipolar disorder so I'm very happy that that's a drug that I can tolerate I hope I can tolerate it for a very long time um, my one of my next things I need to start researching is uh, medicines and you know how long you can take some of this stuff I'm in my middle 40s and I would like to uh, live a very long time and I want to be on medications like this that can help me slow down my biological aging um, as irritating as that is that's you know that's what I want um, so aging it's just something I know it's happening uh, I want to find people who I can look at and, and kind of see that my life will be okay. I hope that I am providing that to some of the people in my friends and family group. I hope they look at me and think, okay, she's doing it. Maybe my child can too. Uh, maybe my child can start a family and hold down a job and you know live a nice life. Um, I would like to see some elderly people who have had a good life and figured out how to not be a drain on their family or their caregiver. So that's my goal, I guess, for the next <laughs> 20 years, <laughs> to look for people who I can see and, and see that I can do this as well. I'm going to end here. Hopefully this time it will work and last and stay and not disappear. And I will be working on another episode here shortly. I hope you have a good week.